Welcome to the A Better Way to Farm podcast, where we share serious secrets about profitable farming. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and we hope that you'll love the knowledge we share not only with you today, but also in future episodes. So let's get right into it. Kayla Livesey here with A Better Way to Farm, and for this episode, Dad and I are going to talk about some of the things that we've done on the farm, and he's going to touch base on some of the things that he has done that he wished would have went different. Dad, how are you today? Fantastic. How are you today? Good, and I'm really excited to do this episode, and I'm really excited to hear what you have to say and share it with our listeners. So last night, as we were reminiscing on this and coming up with some ideas for um, this week's episode, we teasingly, you know, came up with a few mistakes like your evil Knievel moment flipping over a four-wheeler or what we jokingly call Smokey the Bear when you lit the pasture on fire. But today we're going to be talking in a more broader sense about some things that if you could go back, you would maybe switch around and do a little different. Do you want to share one of those with us? Well, let me touch on one of those that you mentioned because I feel like the, the listeners deserve clarity. I loaned my four-wheeler to someone, uh, someone who was hunting on me, and they wanted to borrow my four-wheeler, and they did. And I went to take a load of hedge posts down over a hill with a trailer on, and as I went over that hill, I hit the brake, and the brake didn't work. And what happened was, ultimately, it jackknifed. Uh, luckily, the trailer come unhitched and went way over the hill into a ravine, and the four-wheeler rolled over three and a half times and come to rest on top of me. I'm just glad the post did. So I got up, dusted myself off, picked my phone up, and called said gentleman who borrowed my four-wheeler for free. And I said, uh, is there anything you would like to tell me about the brakes on my four-wheeler? And he says, oh, yeah, I broke those. I probably should have mentioned. Oh, okay. And so I, I think my regret is not that I rolled the four-wheeler. I'm just grateful I didn't get killed. But my regret is is that I just don't move four-wheelers out anymore. So that's one thing we can do. But let's dive into the three that we would change. Yeah, absolutely. As I was making this list, I think the most important one is is that I would, going back, what would I change? I would say that a mistake is made any time we don't involve our children in the farm early. And I've tried to do a good job of that. You know, you were being drug along, Kayla, for years when you were little, and we go and we do the chores and we look at the cows and we work the cows and we run through the chute and whatever it is, we're you know, picking corn, I want to involve you guys. And it's it's a fine line because I want to make sure that my kids are safe and equipment is dangerous and and sometimes I'm in a hurry and it goes faster. But I think that if I could go back, I would involve you, you kids, all more. I see a lot of operations where they don't want to involve the kid until the kid's 15 or 16 years old, and by then the child is not interested anymore. That We develop that interest at age two when it's really difficult to take you guys along not at age 22 when you're getting out of college. And I think if we want to interest the next generation in ag, that's it. And one of the things I would do, sis, is that I would involve you guys even more in what we do. Absolutely. And I know those memories were always really special for me growing up to be able to have that time, not only with you, but with mom and the rest of my siblings. And now that you're starting to involve my nieces and nephews, your grandkids, to be able to do that all together is so special. And I'm glad that you did as much of it as you did. Yeah, and I, you know, taking the grandkids has been a really special time. And they've been, you know, I have pictures of them in the wagon with the corn and when they were way too little. But, you know, you take that time last year to all three and the youngest one would have been, what, six years old. They were helping me put up continuous fence panels. And everybody had a job that they could do, whether it was hand bolts or hand clips or run the screw gun. 
but the fact is we want to involve them and it's that's it's a great memory for everybody and i think now that you've done that um our niece my nieces and nephews chloe chase and canyon helped out with bottle feeding a couple summers ago that's one thing that really comes to mind and since you've taught to me to involve them it took for 20 minutes when they helped with chores but it was so worth it and I'm glad to have those memories and now the cattle are really important to them and anytime they come do chores with us it's oh we're going to go feed our cows we did the chores for our cows and seeing them have that ownership already is so cool absolutely absolutely so you had you said there was three things what's another thing that you would implement I think one of the things that I would change is that I would go back and I would put on, I, I talk about this a lot, sis, but we need to get our pH right. I would have limed more and I would have limed quicker because in this day and age, the answer is not for us to see how many acres we can get, but it's how much can we get out of every acre. And whether we're doing row crop or we're doing pasture, we still get the most out of our fertility. We most still get the most out of every acre if we adjust the pH correctly and the available calcium. So that would be the second thing that I'd look at it. And as you know, we're still working on that. That's yep. a work in progress, but we're doing better. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more? I know I've heard you talk about in some other conversations the importance of where you're getting your lime in relation to what specific deficiencies you're trying to adjust. Can you go more into that? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that you hear me talk about is oftentimes I'll say that good and cheap ain't brothers. They're not even cousins. And likewise, good and easy are very rarely related. And that comes back to lime. We live in an area, as you know, where our, our magnesium levels in our soil are way too high, way too high. And so, of course, all the quarries that are easy, that are convenient, we have a quarry just four miles from us, but their lime has way too much magnesium in it. So I have to take the little bit more expensive route and I have to take a little more inconvenient route, and we need to haul our lime about 40 miles because on our farm, putting on high mag lime really doesn't do us that much good. In fact, it causes harm of its own. So we're going to have to go get calcitic lime that has very low mag levels in it. we got to truck it in about 40 miles. And for our listeners who are um, interested in implementing that, what's the best way to figure out the levels in the lime that you might potentially be purchasing? Well, from my standpoint, you have to go to the quarry and actually grab the sample yourself and send it in. I had one of my growers here the other day who was talking about, they gave me a sample, and I looked at the date on it. It was 1987. And, you know, they're into completely different veins of calcium now. The, the limestone that they're getting is nothing like it was in 87, and the magnesium level was drastically higher in what they were looking at. So we go to the quarry, say, show me the stack, get some, send it in, spend the 30 bucks or whatever and have it analyzed so that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt what you're getting. Absolutely. And the third thing that I've heard you say, and I'm wondering if this is what your answer might be, um, touching on you don't have to wait till it's perfect. Don't don't waste all your time. Just get started now and don't kind of let that fear keep you stuck where you're at. So is that something that you would change in what you've done in the past? Yeah, I, I think back, um, I actually give a shout out to my brother. I wanted to get into cattle and I kept waiting on the perfect time and the perfect amount of money and the perfect infrastructure and, and waiting on everything to be perfect. And I wasted a couple of years. And finally, through and through him, I actually almost got forced into getting started. And, you know, now literally, since you've been a part of it, we've built literally miles of fence. We've increased our cow numbers significantly. And, and the, the lesson there was oftentimes, and it's a fine line because you can't wait till it's perfect. 
and we tend to subscribe, we subscribe more to the theory of fire-ready aim as opposed to people who just aim, 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 never get to ready and never fire, and they wake up and they're 55 years old and they never got started. And, and you have a plan. You have to be financially responsible. The financial risk is huge in everything you do in agriculture, and I get that. But I think no different than getting married or no different than getting kids, having children, I don't think any of that is is we're never ready when we start. I yep. was not ready, you know, to have children. I, I was probably very ill-prepared, to be quite honest. But we learn as we go in everything that we do. And so I would encourage the guys out here, if you're thinking about starting an off-the-farm income, just do it. If you're thinking about taking that class that might make you a better manager, just do it. If you're thinking about experimenting with something in your operation, take 10 acres. You don't have to take all of your operation. Take 10 acres and experiment and see what you can learn. But we don't want it. We only get about 40 growing seasons, actually, if we be honest with ourselves, maybe 50 if we're lucky, you know, but in 50 seasons, if we waste five of them, we just let 10 percent of our life go right past us. And so I would say get started. Don't wait. Whatever it is you're wanting to do, do it now. Absolutely. And I think the the comment you made about 10 percent getting past us is so powerful. I was reading something the other day and it said what you do for 20 minutes a day um, equates to one year of your life. And it's easy to get sucked into scrolling on Facebook or watching that game or everyone has their own thing, whatever it may be. But it's so easy to just get stuck in that routine. And like you said, before you know it, 10 percent of your opportunity is gone. So that's something that I've really appreciated that you've instilled in me and that I've got to watch you do. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be a big thing. But like you said, take 10 acres and do what's feasible for you and implement what you can. And I think that's that's a tip that's been really helpful for me. Well, I appreciate that. And no, that's what we would just share with the guys out there. Pick one thing this year. Decide today on January, early January 2021, this I shall do. I'm going to figure out how later, but I'm going to do this one thing for sure. And I'm going to make a difference and I'm going to do it. And we're going to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to is is really making a difference. And these are things that have made a difference I know in your life and also in mine. So it's been great today to share them. Is there any last tidbit you'd like to share before we wrap up? Just this. We appreciate you guys who are listening to us. And we would appreciate if you would give us a review of what the podcast looks like. Uh, share it with a friend. Let the, let your friends know about what we're doing. And don't be afraid to find us on Facebook. You and 100,000 of your closest friends are, are uh, have liked that page. And we appreciate each and every one of you. And our goal is to always bring great information and to help to make you think. So with that being said, I hope you guys are really having a better day. Thank you for joining us this week on the A Better Way to Farm podcast. If you found value in this episode, we would appreciate you rating us on iTunes or simply sharing with a friend. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe and tune in next time for serious secrets about profitable farming.